Welcome back to School of Science Radio. I'm Gino Ganello, joined as always by Calvin. And this week we bring on Kevin, who uh, we haven't had on, I don't think, in a while, but uh, he joins us again from RBM, um, one of the contributors. Kevin, we'll start with you. How are you doing today? I'm, I'm soldiering on through a bit of a virus, so uh, no complaints, as always. <laughs> yeah, and we hope you feel better. Uh, you were saying, you know, dealing with a little bit of, uh, you know, a little bit of a cold over there, virus. So um, hopefully you're better, but we appreciate you coming on. No and, uh, yeah, and then uh, Calvin, how are you doing today? I'm doing much, much better than, say, about a couple of weeks ago, right? Got a few points in the bag. Um, so it looks like uh, safety is a little... It's, I don't think it's insured yet, but we're getting there. So oh, yep, this should be a much more upbeat uh, podcast. No, I think the negative side worked last time. I don't think we can be upbeat anymore. <laughs> right? We have to be negative. Um, yeah, but we do have, uh, you know, actually some, 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 you know, pretty decent things to talk about. Surprisingly enough, earned four points from two games. And, you know, we're on a little bit of a streak here, unbeaten streak. Um, we'll talk about the first game uh, this past week first. Uh, that was Everton taking on Leicester City at the King Power. Um, this was an interesting, interesting first half, and we'll get into all of that. Um, but let's start with the lineups. Everton lineup and what has really been working so far for them uh, the past few weeks in that 5-4-1 with Michael Anko, Holgate, yeah. Mina, Coleman, and Awobi across that back line, Pickford and Ned, of course. Um, and then Gordon, Ducore, Delph, and Damari Gray in the middle with Richarlison, the sole striker up top. Kevin, we'll start with you. Your thoughts on sticking with this lineup for this, uh, this matchup? Um, I think it was, a, it was a good decision by Lampard. Um, I mean, the performance against Chelsea was, uh, was very solid. We had a lot of um, a nice structured approach. Um, dealt with a bit of pressure in the second half in that game, but uh, came through it pretty well. Courtesy of you know fantastic game from Pickford. Um, I mean Leicester, albeit it, it being an away game, so obviously all, all bets are off. Uh, they offered far less threat than than Chelsea. Um, they were coming off a, a midweek uh, big European game, so they had a fair bit of rotation going on. Um, and I think yeah, I mean I think it was a good decision to stick with what had worked previously. Uh, no reason to to change it if it if it ain't broke. I'll mute there. Um, yeah, no, I, I feel as that's, you know, like you said, that's probably the best uh, decision, you know, going with that 5-4-1. It has worked. Um, no need to change it, especially on the road, a situation where we haven't had much success. Um, Calvin, your uh, your opinion on the lineup? Yeah, so, so same. I, I think at this point, Lampard, in his mind, has his best 11 players that he wants to put on the pitch, right? And, and I, I guess, and I think we'll talk about it when we go into the Watford recap, right? That I I think the same lineup can can line up. Jeez, oh the same lineup can you know be set up in a couple of different formations. And I, I am surprised that Lampard continues to stick with the five four one. But again, against Leicester, and especially considering just a couple of weeks back when we played them and they pretty much ran us ragged all game long, I, I wasn't surprised that we put five in the back. You know, again, being conservative was, was, has been the mindset. Uh, I, I think uh, the, the idea is just let's secure survival for the rest of the season and then we'll worry about playing beautiful, expansive football next year, hopefully with a different personnel grouping. But yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think, like you said, it's just about getting the points right now, getting out of that relegation zone, which um, this did help with um, this win. Um, so, you know, stick with what's working. Don't give up goals. Yeah. <laughs> That's the most important thing right now. Um, let's talk about the first half now. Things started off a little bit shaky for Everton. A um, couple quick chances for Leicester, and then things kind of turned very quickly in Everton's favor off a beautiful strike by Michael Anko. And then after that, a quick turnaround in the other direction as Daka capitalizes on a mistake between Mina and I, I think it was Coleman. Um, yeah. yep. And um, it's 1-1 all of a sudden and really just very back and forth for at least the first 20 minutes of this, this match. Um, 
your thoughts, and Calvin, we'll start with you on the first 20 minutes of this match and how Everton handled it. Yeah, I got to say, I was disappointed, right? Having just played Leicester, and it was the same thing the last time we played Leicester, right? They started off hot. They almost scored, I think, in the first minute, um, the the first time we played them. And then they did score, I think it was the second or the third minute, right? Just, uh, we just did not seem ready for how hot they start. And it was very disappointing to see we started off exactly the same way, right? It just seemed like there was a lot of miscommunication going on in that, in that back three there uh, between Mina and Holgate and then Mina and Coleman. And, you know, we'll, we'll talk about Mikolenko's goal aside, right? Even after the goal, but before Dhaka's equalizer, there was already an issue where I think uh, Holgate, I think, had miscommunicated something as well. It's just like, it's, it's like, I don't know. Sometimes it feels like these players, when they're on the pitch, it's like this is the first time they've met each other. Like, guys, we train together all the time. What happened there? And, and, and that was just a disaster. It was, it was a comic disaster. Like, you put that Benny Hill theme tune to that the, the Leicester goal, and it all just makes sense because that's what happened. Mina goes up for a ball, completely misses it, right? Coleman clearly closed his eyes when he was going to head that rebound because all he did was he just sort of launched himself head first at the ball where Mina was also coming for it. Again, guys, use your voices. Someone needs to be talking, you know? I mean, come on. We, I think kids get taught this in, in, in junior sports that, you, you know, call mine. This is my ball. So I, this is a ridiculous goal to give up. But I, I, I'll say Mikolenko, man, what a goal, right? Uh, I, I think when we signed him, we had watched a couple of highlight videos of uh, the goals he scored for Dynamo Kiev. And I think he scored something similar to that at least once or twice. So he caught that sweetly. I, I think credit to Iwobi for getting that crossover. Again, hard to tell whether he was looking for Richarlison and hit it behind him, but it felt perfectly. Mikolenko, he controlled that. I mean, he just hit that first time. That was beautiful, beautiful. So, what a 20 minutes. It was back and forth. It did not look like we were going to come out of that game with points at that point because of just the way Leicester, and mind you, that was a team that Leicester had rested at least four or five of their key starters. So that's, uh, again, that, that we, we still got stuff to work on, but yeah. Yeah, points are points. You know, it's you got to beat who's in front of you at the end of the day. And while they made it hard work, yeah. that is what happened at the end of the end of the you know end of the match. But Kevin, your thoughts on the first twenty minutes or so, um, you know, of this match, the hecticness well, of it, I guess. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, it was a bit disappointing because I mean the team would look so composed in the same shape, the same personnel um, yeah. against Chelsea. Uh, I mean, the, Chelsea yeah. had never didn't really threaten us from the first forty-five minutes. I mean, they rallied a little bit in the second half and then picked had to make some good saves. But I, th- I thought we yeah. looked very jittery and seemed like it was the, the, the shape was was causing issues at the back, the back three. Uh, there was a, I mean, there was a, several instances of players going for the same ball. I think Holgate and um, I think Holgate and Mina got get mixed up at some points as well in the first. In the first quarter mm-hmm. of an hour or so, uh, the Coleman—I uh, mean, I don't even know what that was. It was a, just a harmless ball, <laughs> you know, put up so high. I mean, maybe Mina loses it a little bit. I'm not too sure, but I mean, Coleman—I don't—he's standing right behind him, ten yards behind Mina. I, I don't know why, but if he's going to be there, at least he can pick up any any ball that gets knocked down in any in any any kind of a dangerous area. But he just rushes into him, right. and you know, it, it, it was. Comedic, really. If you're not an Everton fan, it was it would have been, you know, a blooper reel type type of uh, yeah. type of occurrence. Um, that was a disaster. Yeah. Um, but obviously, Mikhailenko's goal was fantastic. I mean, I mean, we'd looked jittery early on, and they'd had a couple of chances. I think they had an offside, a decent chance near post. I think um, to mm-hmm. save. It might have been Daka, um, which got called off, obviously. Um, but then we, you know, I mean, we struck and Michalenko's shot was absolutely, it's, I mean, you say it's a, you know, a once in a career kind of, kind of hit, but as Calvin said, I think he does have that ability to, to strike the ball cleanly. Um, so, yeah. I mean, I hope that's something that we, we can see more often. But it was a fantastic shot. Um, nice ball from Iwobi. Uh, you know, whether he was aiming towards Michalenko or not is a moot point. But, but I mean, Michalenko buries it. 
no, no chance for Schmeichel to do anything at all. Uh, and then, of course, we let them straight back in it with the, with the comedy act at the back. Um, absolutely maddening. And even worse, I mean, Mila goes down awkwardly and he sold his on right. for a short period of time, um, but eventually has to leave. And that's just, at that point, you're getting that kind of sinking feel and Michael Keane's coming in off the bench. Uh, <laughs> the team's already looked a little bit unsettled. We've squandered a, an away lead. It doesn't happen. We, we never we never get the way lead. Yeah. Um, so that I was getting pretty a pretty pretty bad vibes about the whole match at, at that point. Um, yeah. Yeah. It was it was uh, you know when when we give up the goal and then Mina goes off shortly after. I think every single one of us immediately thought about Newcastle and what happened there when Mina went off against Newcastle and mm-hmm. just kind of how. Yeah. You know, the back line has been in shambles the whole season and, and Keane has looked not great and, and him and Holgate together in a back three, back five, whatever it is, just always seems like a bad idea. Um, yeah. But, hey, it, you know, the, the first 20 minutes or so were extremely hectic, back and forth, and I think a lot of us were very worried. But then things kind of settled down a tiny bit. Everton get a corner. They score a goal off the corner from Mason Holgate. Um, just kind of the ball bouncing around and similar type of situation where Holgate just happened to be right in front of the net and the ball just happened to fall to him and it went, you know, easy ball into the back and then never to take a 2-1 lead, but still a little bit of hecticness yeah. throughout that first half. Um, even the announcers, I remember just continuing to say, you know, oh, this is, can't be how this game will end because of the hecticness of this first half exactly. and back and forth. Um, but that's how the first half ends. And I think, we can all uh, agree that that was probably a about after the first 20 minutes, that's about as good as you've, you could have expected the first half to go. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, didn't give up a goal. And you go into the second half up 2-1. But, again, we are on the road still. So that second half still did bring some nerves. Um, and we'll get into now that second half, which brought nerves. Jordan Pickford saves and probably a lot of lost years on all of our lives. Um, <laughs> Kevin, we'll go to you first real quick. Um, your thoughts on just the second half, Jordan Pickford, and how Everton somehow stayed in the lead in this one. Yeah, well, I mean, we had to, we had to rely on Pickford uh, to, make, you know, to pull out some, uh, some really first-rate saves, uh, as, as, as in the previous match. Um, Long range efforts. Um, I think it was uh, Mendy um, really troubled them the first time. The long range shots, yeah. uh, which he, which he uh, parries wide. I mean, it was a really fiercely hit shot um, from about what twenty five yards. I mean, I mean, something that we've seen Pickford in the past um, be maybe a little susceptible to um, being beaten from range. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, so. I mean, it was it was encouraging to see him make those kind of quality saves from those kind of efforts, uh, and that's you know hopefully that's one more one more um, more, more chink in his armour that he's kind of dealing with along with the kind of eccentricity and maybe a little bit losing focus as he's you know as he's been prone to in the past. So I mean, it's possible we're seeing him maturing into a into a you know a pretty good goalkeeper at this stage, which is. Major plus going forward. Um, yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, anything else you want to add there, Kevin? It sounded like you had some else. Yeah, I mean, obviously you pulled off a, a really good um, couple of saves off Barnes as well. Another good long range shot, which I think went through a lot of coverage, a, a lot of um, a lot of clutter. She yeah. saw quite kind of late, uh, pulled that off well. It was a, a short, a shorter range effort from Barnes as well, which kind of hit the ground and skipped in front of him. Which again was, I mean, we know we know that Pickford is is very good on those kind of short range reflex type saves anyway. But I mean, that's kind of yeah. what more expect him to save. But but yeah, great performance from him. Um, I think we, we didn't really offer a huge amount in the second half going forward. Um, no, a couple of wayward efforts really um, from Gray, I think, primarily and Gordon. Yeah. Um, but we didn't really test them too much. But we had we had we had the the three points in the bag. So. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, it it was it was, I think, more of a uh, defense mission than anything else. I think we were mm. 
just trying to build that wall and hopefully nothing broke through. And thankfully Pickford was there because the multiple times, which this has been a problem we've had all season long with closing players down and allowing these long range shots. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. And thankfully it didn't hurt us this time, but it easily could have. There was a couple that were very, very close. Um, could have went anyway, but thankfully, thanks to Jordan Pickford, once again, Everton get the win. Calvin, your thoughts on, on the second half. Yeah, we talked about this the last time too, right? I thought Pickford had an incredibly good game against Chelsea, and I think he's he's just on that hot streak right now, right? So uh, it, it was good to see that it wasn't just like a one game. Hey, I'm in I'm in form. I think he kept that form going. Obviously, the the, the one goal he did concede against Leicester, there was really nothing he could have done about that one, right? That that's a one on one that hit or miss on those. Uh, but I think, yeah, I think he did well managing the game. Um, I think there's a couple of times I saw him come out for crosses and, and get like really good punches away, which is, uh, I think, a part of his game that we haven't seen too well. He tends to be very tentative about coming off the line and claiming the ball or, you know, making the at least the six-yard box his own. So, no, I think Pickford's in excellent form, and and I will I agree with you there, the Gino. I, I think on any other day we probably lose this one probably heavily, just like we could have lost the Chelsea game heavily, were it not for Pickford being on form, right? So uh, I think you know add that to the list of all the dozens of moments that could have gone either way, and you know we have I think more negative moments of that nature. Uh, this season than we do positive, but I would say this was definitely one of the positives. Pickford's form in these two games, just to ensure those six points, because it, it's going to come down to a couple of points at the end of the season, and and then yeah, these six points they're going to be huge. Absolutely, will be huge. Yeah, it really puts us in a position now to, uh, um, yeah, you know, kind of have the upper hand on some of the teams, and and again. Absolutely. I'm not trying to get too positive because when I tend to get too positive, things go terribly wrong. <laughs> but a you know, if it does happen this way, where you know we are at home and if we get one point at home and Leeds happens to lose this weekend, so I think they're playing Brighton, then we would effectively yep. secure a uh, you know spot. Obviously, wouldn't be secure for sure. But um, with Leeds' goal differential compared to our goal differential, I think there's 18 goals in between. It would you know yeah. it would take take a lot for um, that to flip. So um, you know, obviously, it does put us in a good position now. Still need to execute. Thankfully, once again, and and, and we should talk about this now because we've we've kind of nailed all the big points. I think in this in this match, um, let's talk about the fans. I mean, it was, and even the announcers were saying it as well on our end here um, over uh, in the States, you could hear the fans drowning out any Leicester fans. You could hear the Everton fans over anybody else in the stadium, just the 3,500 of them throughout basically the whole game. Um, And to have that kind of support, the support before the match uh, with, you know, watching the bus off, uh, you know, that was huge. You know, just interesting to hear um, Calvin, we'll go back to you, your thoughts on, yeah. the fans away performance and how much you think that helped in this match. Yeah, no, absolutely. If you remember just when I was saying, you know, those, those one or two key moments in the season that have flipped the script. Well, I, I would put the fans um, just over these last few weeks as one of those positives. Right. Um, I, I, I think that just Everton's uh, situation has done such a, has, uh, has, has really united the fan base. I, I think we have put all our sort of small differences aside and rallied behind the team. Mm-hmm. And it, 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 it's making a difference. You, you, you got to see it. Like, I think when you watch the videos, especially the videos Everton puts out of the fans and what you see the players and the coaching staff in the coaches look like, um, I mean, uh, don't, don't look at Fabian Delphi, never seen Spades. You look at him in those videos and he's like, eh, whatever. But when you look at guys like Gray and Gordon, those guys are bouncing, right? They're like, wow. And, and so that, that's, I, I, you got to believe that, that that attitude is is getting absolutely sparked by the fans. And, and, and you know, I cannot say enough about the fan groups that have all, you know, gotten together to rally this team, rally our team. And I think that's been the attitude. I, I, I love it. It just, uh, 
incredible scenes, right? Uh, yeah. Gino, you just mentioned, right? I think here in the streets, um, after the game, they didn't actually shut the cameras off. So all the Everton fans that stayed in that one corner of King Power, they just stayed there 15, 20, 25 minutes after the game. And all they did was sing. And right, I got to say, Spirit of the Blues has never sounded as good as it did then. <laughs> and and just, yeah, just, just to watch like, you know, Rebecca Lowe and the rest of them just stop talking and just, just let the cameras roll and the microphones on. It was, yeah. it was a great fight. You would think we had just won the cup final, right? <laughs> so no, the, the fans, incredible, absolutely incredible. And, and so Kevin, and this is where I think we want to hear from you, right? Obviously you're in England, right? So from here in the U S this is what we are seeing. Well, what, what is the perception back home? Oh, I think it's, um, I mean, the fan groups, as you say, are just pulled out all the stops. Uh, I mean, they can't be commended uh, strongly enough for their parts that they that they're playing in getting this team over the line and, and keeping them in the league. Um, you know, yeah. the, the I mean, the clubs being kind of reactive. You know, they've made the appointments behind the scenes. Machiris, as usual, kind of shadowy self in the background. I uh, don't really see an awful lot from Bill. Or Denise too much really, um, but the fans yeah. have taken have taken the uh, have taken the lead here, and I mean the effort they made for the Chelsea match was uh, pretty impressive, but to do to, to yeah. bring that on the road as well is completely you know it was completely Incredible. unexpected. The send off for the for the team to Leicester was great. Uh, I have to say I think Delph looked like he was in a hostage situation on there. I think it was a Wobie's, <laughs> a Wobie's video. He was just looking kind of uneasy yeah. from side to side as if he was like, what's going to happen? <laughs> I mean, the last time he had some fan interaction, I think he was uh, a <laughs> team fans against him at Finch Farm, I believe. Uh, yeah. yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I think it, it's, got to, it's got to have an effect. I mean, I think Kevin Campbell uh, has been quoted as saying that that has, that will have an effect on the players. You know, they'll feel that support yeah. traveling with them and making themselves... So, uh, so audible and visible as well at the King Power. Uh, I mean, okay, the Le- I mean, Leicester, Leicester supporter, I mean, their season's done. Um, it's ended with a bit of a squib with the, the loss to Roma. Uh, they haven't really got an awful lot to play for. There's, there's a bit of disgruntlement about the way Rodgers has handled uh, the season. Um, but the Everton yeah. fans needed no encouragement to get out there, and I mean, you could barely hear that. You could, you could, you could, you couldn't really hear the Leicester fans. I mean, it was just wave no. after wave no. of Everton songs. It, it was really like, it, like it was being played at Goodison almost. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, that has yeah. to have an effect for a team that is notoriously poor on the road. That's got to, that's got to have an effect. Right. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. For sure. I mean, it was it was unbelievable. I think we got three minutes worth of silent video here over in the States where no commentators, just, just sound from, from the fans after the match, just three straight minutes. I think every time the commentators wanted to get back into it, they, they started and then they stopped again. They were like, let's just let it play out. Um, you well, know, I think well, I, Tim Howard I, was there. So I think yeah. Tim Howard was definitely talking it out. So. Well, I, I, Sorry, I, Kevin, watched that, I, I watched that, that cast over here and uh, the U S cast. And it was, yeah. it was great the way you did that because sky would have been, you know, straight off to here, probably Carragher or... Talk ben about Schoen, Liverpool, so, right? Yeah. You know, so, yeah, exactly. Yeah. How does this, how does this uh, affect the title race? <laughs> but I think, I mean, it's, I mean, what those fans were doing and what NBC, I think it was, was a Peacock, yep. yeah, was yeah. doing. I mean, I think that's probably yeah. the biggest kind of drumbeat for, for you know, for gain, gaining new fans in, the, uh, in North America, probably yep. since the tour Certainly. last year. Yeah, no, it's, it's for me, at least it's, it's always been the atmosphere that's, that's drawn me to the sport. So just Absolutely. seeing things like yeah. that is, is very, very cool. Cause we don't have anything like that really over here in America. Obviously we have yeah. soccer matches over here that are similar, but um, you know, the American sports are very much not like that in terms of fan involvement. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. Um, anything else you guys want to touch on, on this game? I know it was really just the first half had all the major points and then Pickford, we kind of touched on those things. Anything else or anybody else you want to touch on uh, before we move on to Watford? No, I don't think so. I think, yeah. I think we've covered everything, I think. All right, sounds good. So we, yeah. uh, Everton get a win. They move out of the relegation zone with the win into um, 16th place, I believe it is, because they jumped over Burnley as well in yeah. the 16th place, a point yeah. above both Burnley and Leeds. Leeds drops down into that relegation zone. 
And then Everton have a match with Watford. So we'll talk about that coming up after this break. All right, we're back and we're talking about the Watford match. Everton had to travel again on the road for this one. Another, uh, mat, you know, another you know, difficult way match because every way match is difficult for us. <laughs> but a, um, a match that I think a lot of us with the 97,000 people that Watford had already out before the match even started <laughs> kind of expected something a lot different than what ended up in the end result. Everton tie this one uh, nil-nil um, on the road to Watford. Had their chances but very kind of stagnant, you know, didn't really do much with the, with the opportunities that they had. Um, you know, I was, I will admit, this is the first game in a while that I haven't been able to watch because I was working during this time. So I'm going to need you guys to carry a lot of this. But, um, but <laughs> even just looking at the stats, you can kind of tell how one-sided it was. Um, and it makes you want to scratch your head. You just, I'll just name some of them right now. 16 shots for Everton. Five on target, 52% possession, um, 13 corners to Watford's six shots, none of them on target, only 48% of the possession, and only one corner for Watford. Um, Everton had their chances in this one, for sure. The opportunity was there for the taking. Uh, Let's start with the lineup. Again, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. But against a team like Watford with the amount of players that they had out, were you guys surprised? And, and Calvin, we'll start with you. Were you surprised that we showed up in a 5-4-1 again? Yeah, so <clears throat> I, 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 I'm of two minds here, right? So, you know, I, I think on one, one, on one hand, like you said, it ain't broke, don't fix it, right? So if that's the lineup that's working for him, obviously Keen replacing Mina in that, and five four one it is, and that's what I guess the players are getting comfortable in. Then fine, you know, write uh, write it until it doesn't work anymore. But on the other hand, I mean, the circumstances, surely, guys, like we're playing a team that's already been relegated, missing I think six or seven first team players. Um, Watford, the, clearly, their fan base has given up on the team, at least on the season, anyway. They hate their manager, right? Roy Hodgson, I think a lot of blame is going to have gone towards him for his behavior in that game against Palace and just overall, you know, sending him down into the championship. So like, with all those circumstances, I, I, I find it really, really hard to believe Lampard at some point didn't go, we should do a little more than try to just sit back and defend because that was the game plan for Leicester, for Chelsea, for Liverpool before that. So, like I said, caught in two minds. I, I, I will say I'm disappointed. You know, knowing the old final result, um, I am disappointed. We didn't try, I think, enough. Maybe the last 15 minutes, there was a bit more of a let's try and go get a goal here once uh, Calvert-Lewin came on. But just, I, it, it's so difficult, right? When you sit back and you look at the three games, right? Chelsea home, Leicester away, Watford away, right? Uh, again, before we played those three games, if someone had said, would you take seven points from those three games? There is not a single person here who would say, nope, nope, that's not enough. We need all nine, right? Absolutely. We'll take the seven points. And so I think if you look at it just from a higher angle, sure, it's okay. I think we got the points we needed. But yeah, we, we could have really just sealed our, our safety because a win at Watford would have just pretty much uh, you know, sealed uh, our safety anyway and let Burnley and Leeds work it out over the next couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah, it would have, um, you know, again, points are points. And, and as we mentioned at the very beginning of this, we need all the points we can get. Um, obviously, it would have been nice to win this one, though, especially since it would have put us four above and, and wouldn't even need to have won on Saturday if Leeds lost, or on Sunday if Leeds lost. But um, unless you get a point, Kevin, your thoughts on, on the lineup and how we, how we uh, set up uh, in this one. Well, I kind of expect, I wasn't totally surprised. Um, I mean, the lineup was, when it, you know, when it came out uh, being retained, um, I wasn't shocked at all. Obviously, the only real thing there was, was Awobi going to be restored to the midfield or yeah. 
was he going to line right. up at wing back again? Um, obviously, when you know, the whistle, uh, the first whistle, and he lines up at wing back, I thought, oh, not not ideal um, because <laughs> no. what, what what is Watford gonna gonna offer? Um, I, I mean, I was thinking initially, yeah, okay, I could see why he'd go with the same formation if Watford's you know primary attacking players, uh, Emmanuel Dennis and uh, Ismail Assar right. lined up because they do provide yeah. a threat. So you could say, yeah, okay, that you know that gives us a little bit more protection, but. The replacement, I mean, they, they didn't make the game. There was, I think, seven changes from the previous match, the previous lineup for Watford against Palace. And there was a lot of kind of, with all due respect, no-name players out there that yeah. you had to Google before you, you know, to figure out who they were exactly. Um, maybe maybe Hodgson did the same thing. I don't know. Um, so, so I was a bit disappointed with the, with the five and... We st- it wasn't just the shape. We started off so conservatively. The first quarter yeah. of an hour, I'd say, we very rarely got out the out of our own half. We kind of invited them on, sat really deep, and uh, it was pretty drab. Um, I mean, you know, if you're gonna if you're gonna miss a game this season, I think you you, you chose wisely. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I, it was from the sounds of it. Didn't sound too good. I was, you know, I'm hoping that me watching games is maybe a little bit of good luck. Maybe, maybe the games that I do get to watch, uh, I've been able to actually watch a few of them recently you know, <laughs> for more than 45 minutes. Um, I'm hoping those games have been, uh, been, been the good luck charm, but we'll see on <laughs> Sunday, I guess. Um, but, um, but yeah, I mean, it was, like you guys said, a pretty boring first half. There wasn't, from even just the looks of it and just, um, just reading kind of, you know, post-match stuff and whatnot, not really much happened. I don't think either side had a shot on target. Um, So there really isn't much to talk about. Um, Anything you guys felt needs to be touched on in this first half? I'd say, I mean, we had a couple of chances. uh, Well, not not even chances, really. There was a a good ball um, played through to Awobi from Richarlison in, yeah. in centre midfield. Mm-hmm. They kind of dropped back to pick the ball up, which you never really see. And pinged out a nice pass to Awobi on the right. Yeah. And he's, he's in acres of space. He's behind the back line. And he, 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 he can cut in and shoot if he wishes or, or pick out. A, I think we had, I think it was, might have been Gray, who was arriving at the edge of the box. And he yeah. kind of delays a bit. And in the end, it just goes out for a corner. I think that was a waste of opportunity. There was one with Gordon as well, wasn't there? Um, where he, he just yeah. takes far too many touches on the right. Richarlison's available and he delays and it's a blocked cross. Uh, I, I think that just sums up our efforts in the first half, really, mm-hmm. offensively. Yeah. Calvin, anything to add? Yeah, I, I, and in fact, I, I, uh, I was doing the live blog on the, on the website, right? And I think one of the comments I put in there was, I, I still feel that I think the team is growing to trust Mikolenko. I, I, I don't think that that same level of trust is there with Mikolenko as there was with, say, Dinier, for example, right? Yeah. Um, Everton, when Dinier was still part of the team, any time he was available on the left, he got the ball, right? Whereas with Mikolenko, I, I thought there was a couple of very promising runs he made where he was open or was in a very good position, and some, once I think it was Gray and once it was Richarlison, kind of looked up, saw him, and then went back the other way. And the ball just basically cycled all the way back to Delft in the middle. And it's like, come on, guys. We, we, got, we, got, to, we got to take a little more, take a few more chances, you know. So I think just overall, they just came out in this game to not lose. And I guess if that was the goal, then... <clears throat> We, we met it, but it was disappointing that this was the game we chose to do that in. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Because it, it seemed like, again, it seemed like a game that was there for the taking with everything that we knew before the match. Yeah. Um, and you totally understand you don't want a freak thing to happen and you go down one goal and then needing a goal to tie it up. And, you know, the one point is better right. than no points at all. Um, but certainly a, uh, you know, a disappointing first half. And then it carries over to the second half where you guys, Calvin, will go back to you. Were you guys surprised that there were no changes made, not even in the, at, at halftime, but really for the first 25 minutes of the second half? Yeah. Yeah, just, uh, I guess, in, in tune with that, right? I, I think once we crossed the 60th minute and there was still no activity on the bench, 
I think for me, that was the indicator that, yep, Lampard literally just wanted to come out here and get a point. And, and that was it. And if anything else happened with the, the players on the pitch, then that was good fortune because it, it's, again, I think Dom didn't come on until the 77th minute, right? And at that point, it's, okay, well, what, like, why are we even doing this? So it, it was strange. Again, just, it, it, you're absolutely right. A freak thing happens right at the end and we lose this game. That just goes with exactly what's happened to us all season long. So it takes a really brave man to bet in the 75th minute that we'll be able to hold on, even though Watford really did not threaten the goal at any point, right? Um, I, I, I do remember freaking out a little bit because I think it was in time added on. And I think Watford got maybe their first... No, it was. I think it was Iwobi conceded that free kick, right? Right yeah. by the touchline. And it was like... Oh my goodness! Is this is this 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 is it? Right? This is it. I can't even watch. I, I'm not doing this. This is it. This is exactly what's gonna happen. Freaky's gonna come into the box. It's gonna go off seven different players and eventually get behind Pickford. So, yeah, I, I was very very relieved. I, I, I'm not gonna lie. I closed my eyes. I was like, I'm not watching this. I'm not watching this. And then the commentator goes, I never can clear it. I'm like, so just again, I don't know. We don't need to live on the edge like this. But as, again, it, it just would not be Everton, right? If if we don't make things difficult for ourselves, right? And and we ended up giving Watford their first uh, home clean sheet of the season, right? That's yeah. embarrassing, but I, <laughs> yeah, well, whatever. Point gained. Move on to the next game. <laughs> Kevin, uh, your thoughts on, on the second half not making any changes really for the first twenty-five minutes. Yeah, I was frustrated. Um, I, I, it was clear that the, from a defensive point of view, the uh, the setup was working without any trouble whatsoever, because Watford offered so little, real, little attacking threats in that first yeah. forty-five. Um, I I thought possibly we could get a Wobi central go to a back four, and I don't think that would have left us exposed mm-hmm. because because as I say, they they had such you know. They offered nothing at all going forward. I don't think, you know, losing the defender would have suddenly made us yeah. vulnerable. Um, so, I, I, yeah, I was disappointed with that. I think what all we did really is, I think the line pushed up, you know, five or ten yards, and uh, more effort was put in to closing down and getting people forward. Yeah. So it was like kind of well, I think Lampard had pretty much said, okay, those that first 45, we'll just go out there and just try and do that again, but harder and faster. <laughs> <laughs> and whenever we did up the tempo, Watford did struggle. I mean, you can see them creaking defensively, but we, we had no guile. I mean, Iwobi was the only one really who, who was playing with his head up and kind of looking to pick a pass. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And trying to do that from you know a right wing back position, I mean, he was almost drifting into... He was a bit of a Trent Alexander-Arnold, really, wasn't he? He was drifting into midfield a, a fair bit. <laughs> um, but, you know, he was trying to impose himself in the game uh, to his credits. Yeah. And he was by far the best performer, I think. Everybody else seemed off it. Uh, Richarlison, again, was rendered ineffective as a centre-forward leading the line. Uh, Gray and Gordon. Gray looks off it, and Gordon looks tired, I mm. think. Neither of them, neither of them yeah. play with the head up. Uh, you know, they, they, they take too many touches. They cut in field. They run with the ball with the head down. Um, don't don't link up. It, it 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 can be a little frustrating watch, but I think Lampard stuck with it far too long um, before he he eventually you know reached reached for his options off the bench yeah. and brings Calvert Lewin yeah. on with a quarter of an hour to go. Mm. Um, uh, I couldn't really understand why what, what he was watching to to convince him that he that we were going to break through without making some kind of a change to get some to ch- just just to change what we were doing to get somebody you know a, a target man up front to get a, a more creative player in in the centre to try and pick a pass or whatever. Um, so I, I I can only assume that he was happy with the the stability of the, of the setup and. Just thought, well, if we keep banging away, we'll, we'll probably get a goal. Yeah. No, yeah, yeah. It, it, it was very weird to me just seeing it and following it just kind of on Twitter and 
um, and on, on, you know, whatever the ESPN apps were, um, saying, uh, it was just weird to me that they were not making a change based on what you guys were saying about, you know, watching it and just zero, zero, you'd think, especially with a game on Sunday, they would have made that change. Um, and, uh, you know, mm. kind of with, with the, yeah, the amount of games that we have leg, yeah. rested some legs. Exactly. Um, especially yeah. in a match where you're not facing even close to the top talent that the other team has mm. to offer. Um, but again, you do get a point and that's really the most important thing. Anything else, um, any standouts that you guys, you know, anybody who stood out or anything, any big moment that you guys thought, uh, we really need to talk about it just seemed again, you guys actually watched the match, but from what I've seen, it seemed like it was more of a Everton controlled the game, just couldn't get any chances. And it was very boring yeah. <laughs> for the most part, <laughs> not, much, yeah. not much to add to it. I mean, yeah, I mean, Richarlison had a kind of a half chance. Um, yeah. It was kind of, uh, I, I, I mean, Foster pulled off a good save. I, I don't know whether he parried it onto the he post, did. actually, yeah. yeah. And Gray had one a little yeah. later. Um, takes a decent shot. But, I mean, I think we just we just didn't create, I mean, we put out, a, a rel- for us anyway, a relatively high volume of shots, but I think they were generally low-quality efforts. Uh, there wasn't really right. much there that you thought, yep, that's going to go in. You know, big chances, as, as, as they refer to. Yeah. Um, we just we just kind of hammered away a bit ineffectively uh, throughout the 90, really. Um, the changes, I, I, I want to I, I kind of take issue with, with some of Lampard's comments after the game that he put it down to our poor performance or our relative ineffectiveness offensively, maybe down to having tired legs, but that, to me, that's why. Why are we are we waiting till the seventy seventh minute to make a change? It's not right. like we have a bench yeah. full of kids and goalkeepers. There are you know decent players there. Even the likes of Gomez, who's you know who's been you know very very hit and miss this season, far more missed than yeah. hit. Against that Watford team, he could have come on and maybe added a little bit of creativity or Deli Ali. What, what, if you if you can't if you can't get on in a game like that and try when it, right. right it's like he didn't want to bring yeah. him on because he thought well hang on a minute if I do that I'm going to have to change the the lineup change the formation I have to yeah. put him central that means I've got to go to a three in midfield abandon the back five uh, I don't know I, I mean I think to me the the risks and re, and rewards were were heavily slanted in favour of making a proactive change yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I said the same thing. I, just, I was confused on why we didn't bring on a Deli or a Gomez just to break down the team. I mean, the, the, the opposing side had, had, you know, we just couldn't get through. And, and you bring on a player with the creative ability that those players do have at their best moments to kind of come up with something and be creative and be imaginative and imaginative in those situations. And, and there was no one brought on. And that kind of was was weird to me, yeah. and it, like I think we've said multiple times, it looked like we were playing for a draw and playing not to lose, um, rather than playing to go after after the win. But nonetheless, we get a point, um, and now we go into the weekend two points up on both Burnley and Leeds. Um, Burnley is equal with us on games. Leeds has actually played one more match than us, um, so we're two points on them with a game in hand. Uh, we'll take a quick break and we'll talk about all of that. Uh, after this all right we're back and we're talking about Everton's next match they'll take on Brentford at home um, a Brentford team that's won three of their last five as one as um, only lost one of their last five um, they will know going into this match what the situation is Burnley play at 7 a.m on Sunday it's a right. weird situation where every single team is playing on Sunday this week except for a couple who are playing on Monday and, and a couple who are playing on Tuesday. Um, so Burnley play at seven against Tottenham and Leeds play against Brighton at nine. Our game, our match is until, excuse, and this is all America, uh, you know, um, American time, Eastern time. Eastern time yeah. um, obviously 7 a.m. would be, you know, noon over in England and nine would be um, 2 p.m. over in England. And then our match will be 11.30 a.m. over here in America on the East Coast, um, and 4.30 p.m. over in England. Um, so Everton will know what the situation is going into this match. Yeah. They will know what needs to be done. If Burnley lose and Leeds lose, um, 
you need at least a tie. Then you'd go three points uh, right. top of Leeds with the goal differential of almost at that point, if they lose, it would be 20 or more goals, um, which yeah. if we end up giving up 20 or more goals in that situation over, we end up losing that goal differential. I think there's a lot more to worry about because then they only, have one game. <laughs> yeah. they only have one game to play after that. So there's really, uh, you know, mathematically it, it would seem virtually we would be, we would be safe, but of course you want to win. So we go into this match with uh, Brentford. It will be at home. Our next two matches are at home, which is, you know, uh, hopefully a good thing. It has been a good thing recently. Hopefully that continues. I'm sure the fans will be out in full voice. Um, just a couple things here. Everton have won their last four home games against Brentford in all competitions, including a 4-1 victory in the FA Cup this season. Uh, Brentford, and that was, I believe, at the beginning of the Frank Lampard. I think it was, was that the first or one of the first matches under Frank? First one match. of the first matches, yeah. yeah, first, yeah I think we'll so, um, Brentford won the reverse <coughs> fixture against Everton, won nothing in November. Their only league double against the Toffees came in the first ever campaign the sides met back in 1935-1936. Um, Everton have lost six of their last nine Premier League home games against promoted sides. Uh, they've only won two and drawn one other than that. As many as they had in their previous 50 such matches, um, defeat here would be the third consecutive season the Toffees have lost at home to two of the three promoted sides. Um, Brentford are looking to become the first promoted team since West Brom in 2010-2011 to com complete the Premier League double against Everton. Uh, the Toffees have won just one of their five games against promoted sides so far this season. Um, and Everton uh, have won 10 points from their last four Premier League home games, three wins, one draw, as many as they had in their previous 11. Meanwhile, they've kept three clean sheets in these four games, as many as they had in their previous 13 at Goodison Park. So that's the breakdown. Um, again, Everton will know what the situation is going into this. Burnley play very early um, compared to how Everton, what time Everton kick off. So um, even yeah. more of time to you know understand what the situation is. Um, your thoughts, and Kevin, we'll start with you on what to expect from the lineup this weekend. Um, I think probably he's going to stick with this three-four-three. Uh, three. Um, yeah, it's. I, I, if anything, Lampard has shown since coming in at Everton that he likes to retain a formation that has been working for him in in previous matches and the personnel that have worked out also. So I, I cannot really see who there is on the Everton bench that's available now that is necessarily going to come straight in. Uh, I believe Delph's out, isn't yeah. he? Is that right? Yeah, so that'll be, that'll be, I would imagine Alan will just come straight in. Um, the only yeah. real question mark for me is whether he gives Calvert-Lewin a start up front and moves with Charleston to the left. Um, and then it's either Gray or Gordon on the right. Um, I think he'll go with the back three again, uh, as as it is. There's no real options now. We've, we've somehow found our way into a situation where we we always have Michael Keane and Mason Holgate to play centre-back. <laughs> Everybody else gets injured. It's always Keane and Holgate. Yeah, yeah somehow um, and, one of them and, not getting hurt. In fairness, they, they, they have been playing pretty good recently, yeah. so I don't want to... Kick them in that way. Fair. Um, As always. <laughs> Calvin, your thoughts on, on what to expect this weekend from the lineup? Yeah, so, you know, Brent, Brentford's actually been playing playing quite well. I, I think there was a brief moment at sort of the, the, the uh, end of 2021, beginning of 2022, when it looked like um, they might get drawn into this relegation battle. But um, especially in recent weeks, I think they've got four or five wins in just their last six games or something. So I, they're playing really well. Um, I, I did watch a bit of uh, how they dismantled Southampton last week. And uh, again, Brenton, uh, Brentford stick with their 5-3-2 formation. And uh, I got to say, Christian Eriksen has really, really sparked them, right? Um, he's exactly that creative spark that I wish we had, you know, to bring on and lay on against the Watford, right? To break down a team that's playing in a low block. 
So uh, again, Brentford, as we know, I think we've played them twice this season. They're they're a physical physical team. They they, they play hard. Uh, and they're fast. They they are talented. So um, again, they they pose a challenge from set pieces. I think Christian Eriksen is one of the best you know dead ball delivery guys you'll have out there in the Premier League. So. Uh, th- this is not an easy game by any means. I I don't see Lampard changing the formation. I think he's going to go five four one, and just again, he right now it, it shows like he it looks like he's only making the changes that he has to. Nina got injured. Keane stepped right in, right in place for him, and uh, Delph is out now for this game. So Alan's going to step right in. So I think that's it's going to be the same thing five four one, and uh, until something terrible happens, I'm expecting we're going to stick with the five four one until the end of the season. Yeah, yeah, I would expect so too. Uh, the unfortunate, you know, Fabian Delph has been a, a key cog, I think, in that midfield and, and Mina, of course. So not having those two yeah. are going to hurt and gonna, it's going to look a lot different, I think. Um, but, uh, you know, hopefully Everton can figure this one out, navigate it. It's going to be a tough match. It's not going to be easy, but thankfully we're at home for this one. That is an important, you know, thing to remember. Um, Calvin, we'll go back to you. Um, ways in which we can beat Brentford and ways in which Brentford can hurt us. Yeah. Ways for us to beat them. That's an interesting one. Again, because they play with the, you know, with the five uh, in the back, um, they're, they're, they're pretty compact for having five in the back. Right. So uh, I think we got to have our shooting boots on for this game. Right. Uh, it's just, we do not take enough shots from outside the box. Nikolenko's goal a rarity. I know, you know, Demari Gray had a couple of really good goals earlier in the season where he cut in from the left and, you know, swung a shot in. I, I think that would be the, to, to get to them because if we just do our regular thing of swinging crosses into the box for Richarlison, it's it just, it's not going to work. It's not going to work and we're going to keep losing possession. Um, I, I am curious to see if Everton does try to get more of the possession in this game. Um, or do they just sit back and let Brentford have the ball and we try and hit him on the counter? I think that that might be where the game rests. But I, I think set pieces is going to be the key for us and for them. Uh, yeah, it, 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 this is not an easy one. It's not an easy one. Kevin, your thoughts on you know what to expect, how we can beat them, and how, how they can beat us? Well, it's going to be very interesting because... As you said, uh, Burnley and uh, Leeds, I mean, we'll know the results of their, of their games um, before right. we kick off. So whether that'll mentally uh, have an effect um, mm. depends dependence on how they go with the attitude of the team, not necessarily the way they're going to set up or anything. Uh, that, I mean, that could be interesting mm-hmm. to see. Yeah. Personally, I'm expecting us to play fairly conservative again. I don't think it'll be quite as conservative as it, as it, as it was um, against Leicester and uh, against Chelsea. But uh, I'm expecting us to play within ourselves and not give away too much. Um, I think the key, I mean, their key player clearly, as, as Calvin pointed out, is Ericsson. He's just completely turned the team around that was really yeah. heading, heading to the relegation zone at, at, the, uh, at the end of the year. And uh, as soon as he's come in, uh, the results have turned around more or less, well, pretty quickly anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, they're one of the uh, one of the form teams in the, in the league at the moment. I think they've won what four of the last six. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, I yeah. So. I mean, that's pretty pretty good for a team that looked like it, it couldn't buy a win at one point. Yeah. Um, I think for us, I don't know how we're going to manage it, but I think we need to we need to, we need to just assign somebody to Ericsson. In the midfield, just to follow yeah. him around. Uh, how you do that with only two two guys, though, I, I'm not really sure. Which is why I personally would go with a, a three man midfield mm-hmm. and just maybe, uh, maybe just maybe just put Alan to follow. Just to say to, say to Alan, that guy over there with the number ten. Yeah. I think he's number ten, isn't he? Just follow him around and just whenever he gets the ball, just, yeah. just breathe down his neck. Yeah. <laughs> because I mean, he's going to dictate <laughs> the game if we if we give him too much space, he'll just dictate the game, set the tempo. Absolutely. And uh, ping the ball around. They've got, you know, some good athletes like Tony. Um, you know, they've got, got a bit of pace about them. They're good yeah. at set pieces. Uh, Ericsson's set piece delivery is excellent. I mean, the corners have been yeah. a different level uh, since he came in. And we, I mean, we know that we can't take any corner kicks and, and free kicks as we showed uh, the, the other day. Uh, I mean, that was just a really. Yeah. 
Um, so the, I mean, we're not going to we're not, we're not going to be a threat from set pieces, but they are. So we can't really allow them. We can't allow Ericsson to dictate play, and we can't allow them to force a lot of set piece situations either. I think. Yeah, it's going to be um, it's going to be an interesting one. I mean, like you guys, you guys have already basically mentioned it all. I mean, they have pace, they're talented, they're in form, um, they don't quit. They're they're pretty gritty, um, you know. So yeah, you know, this isn't going to be an easy one, and and I, you know, I don't know how I hope the matches go for um, Burnley and Leeds. Obviously, I hope they both lose, but I hope that doesn't provide a kind of, you know, nonchalantness about the team, at least in the first 30 minutes of the match that finds us also behind um, because they need to be turned on from minute one to, you know, all the way through, all the way through the end. So, um, you know, hopefully – you know, hopefully they lose and hopefully they, you know, hopefully both teams lose and, and then Everton come out and, and bring that fire that the fans surely will bring once again. Um, and hopefully that carries them yeah. through to another victory and we can sit here on Monday or Tuesday whenever we record again, Calvin, and say, um, you know, all right, we're feeling pretty good. We got one match in hand <laughs> and we're four points clear. But with the way this yeah. season's going, I am not counting my chickens – Count my what? What is it? Count my chickens. <laughs> count my eggs before they hatch. Whatever. Um, yeah. But uh, we'll, we'll see. Uh, let's real quick get some predictions in here. Uh, Calvin, we'll start with you. All right, Gino. So since we did the let's be absolutely negative and think of the absolute worst possible scenario, and that worked last time around, so I'm doing that again. All right. So it's going to be. I'm going with two one to Brentford. Um, Ericsson scores a penalty that Tony dives over Keane and wins. And then they score another goal from a corner and Richarlison grabs us a consolation late on. And meanwhile, uh, Burnley beat Tottenham and uh, basically hand the Champions League spot to Arsenal. And let's go with Leeds beating Brighton at home as well so that it's all pressure. And guess what? We're going into the last week and it's all misery again in the, in the blue camp. So, yeah, that's, I'm going with that. <laughs> Kevin, your thoughts? Well, I'm, I'm going to say I think, I think uh, the early games are going are gonna to favor us. I think, uh, I think Burnley are going to lose at all. Yeah. And I think I think uh, Leeds will Leeds will probably get another player sent off. I don't know who who it could be. It could be anybody. Probably, I'm going to go Rafinha. He was desperate to get Calvin Phillips is back, right? So maybe it's Calvin Phillips this time. So. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean Phillips was looking not to go in that game uh, the other day. I mean he was he could have used. He the was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Absolutely. So I'm going to go for a Leeds sending off and uh, an uncharacteristic uh, offensive showcase from Brighton. I think they'll win. Uh, that'll ease the pressure. I think we're going to draw 1-1 with Brentford. I'm going to go for a Christian Eriksen set-piece delivery or uh, a beautifully threaded three-wall. Uh, and uh, we're going <laughs> to... But, but I think we may take the lead. I don't know. I don't know who's, who it's going to be. Probably Richarlison. <laughs> Seems to be a good bet these days. Um, yeah, I mean, if we're going with the what will probably happen based on how the season has gone, we'll all be on 37 points by the last game of the season somehow. You know, oh. We'll lose one. <laughs> the, we'll lose and tie. Burnley will win one and lose one, and then Leeds will win this weekend, and we'll have to go to the Emirates needing a lot of things to go or a lot of help. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. It, it's, go ahead, Kevin. Sorry, Gino. Yeah, um, I don't think we can completely ignore Southampton either because they are just in a – in a death spiral at the moment, and yeah. you're, gonna, you're gonna lose um, to Liverpool. Um, I think yeah. on Monday. Did he play on Monday? Yes, on Tuesday. Yeah, so, Tuesday. Yeah. So they're gonna. They're, I mean, that's that'll leave them at forty points. Yes. An inferior goal difference to us, and only one game left to play, which I think might be against. Yeah, yeah. and they go that's to Leicester on the last weekend. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's it. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I mean, see. I mean, they could be marooned on forty points now for the uh, for the duration, which means we could we could technically catch them as well. Which, which yeah, a little bit. Absolutely, I think just though if we end up catching them, we're you know I think yeah, I, I think three points is you know in the next three points in either of the next two matches should be okay, mm-hmm. um, based on who Burnley and Tot or Burnley have to play with Tottenham and and Villa. 
Um, if we get three points, obviously that would put us five points yeah. above them. But again, crazier things have happened this season. Yeah. You know, so <laughs> it, it's hard to predict. And hopefully those three points come in either of the next two games. And hopefully Burnley lose the last two and we don't have to worry about it in Arsenal. <laughs> but the way things go these days, that probably won't be the case. <laughs> but um, we'll see. Uh Anything else you guys want to talk about? Anything else you guys want to add on to this real before we uh, wrap it up? All right. Sounds mm, good. Nope. Um, Kevin, thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate you coming on, even though uh, you had to battle through the, the virus there. Basically from the deathbed, you know, that's, that's what it was. <laughs> yeah. um, and uh, Calvin, as always, thank you for, for coming on and, and talking. We appreciate yeah. it. Um, and to you guys, yeah, and just a heads up. So Everton did announce that, you know, they're coming to the U S for their preseason tour this summer. So Gino, we'll, we'll, we'll do it. We'll have a lot more coverage, uh, obviously yes. once the season is over about next season. So, uh, yep. Yeah, that'll be fun. We're, we're looking forward to that and, um, hopefully, you know, we can get a good RBM crew down there. Uh, to uh, you know, yeah. cover it and, and get you guys all of that. But that is it. Thank you guys for listening as always. Thank you guys for subscribing, downloading, whatever it may be. We appreciate it all. And we will talk to you guys next week. 